Hi, I'm Mo Abdelbaki, and this is episode 11 of my podcast. Welcome to Out of Mo's Mind. Hello, hello, and welcome. Uh, Today's going to be, I think, a fun little show because I'm going to talk about a fun little thing, and that's Mardi Gras. So um, let's buckle up, shall we? Oh, so I don't know if you've ever been to Mardi Gras. If you haven't, it's definitely something worth doing. Um, I went uh, many years ago. As a matter of fact, it was 1976. Six, seven, six, 1976 was my first Mardi Gras, and I went with some friends, and it was really quite fascinating. I'd never seen anything quite like it before, and I did not know what to expect. Now, I was going to school at Louisiana State University and uh, was rather surprised when we got 14 days off for Mardi Gras. I mean, 14 days off. I'm like, wow, what sort of holiday is this where they give you 14 days off? And I just couldn't imagine it. And it started uh, on Wednesday. And so what we did is we, we weren't going to go Thursday. Or I think we went Saturday night. Or did we, yeah, we went Saturday. And it was my friend Don, my friend Mike, and moi. And uh, we drove down in a car. And the music on the radio was just playing nothing but Mardi Gras music. It was really very cool, you know. Mardi Gras Mambo, if you've never heard that song. And... Um, you know, Ico Ico, which is about uh, kind of about that whole thing, uh, different crews and all that sort of thing. And uh, it, it's a fascinating cultural phenomenon. Um, and I don't know what it's like after Katrina. I have not been in New Orleans in decades. But um, we went and we were meeting up with some friends of ours, like uh, Tammy and Gretchen and Nick and this person and that person and all these. And the chances of meeting someone at Mardi Gras are very, it's like, oh, really? So what we would do, we would park over by what's called Dublin Street. There was uh, That's where you could pick up the streetcar. And they, they do have one named uh, Desire. Um, at least they used to. And you'd get on the streetcar and uh, take it down all the way to, um, I think right around Lee Circle, you'd get off and you'd walk a little bit. And uh, Lee Circle freaked me out the first time I saw it. I had never seen anything like it because it was this uh, traffic circle sort of thing. And in the middle is this this pylon, this uh, huge thing. And at the top of that was a statue of Robert E. Lee. And, you know, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised since my brothers went to Robert E. Lee High School in Baton Rouge. And uh, But I was just flummoxed by that. I thought, wow, I've never seen that before. Now, I'd been to New Orleans, but I'd not noticed it. So I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, to say, oh, I don't know why I didn't notice it. Probably because I was too amazed by some of the other things I saw. Boy, the French Quarter was really something back then. Um, so anyway, it was Mardi Gras. It was beautiful weather. And... Um, and that first trip uh, is kind of a blur, you know, kind of a blur. Um, <laughs> really, it was kind of a blur. I didn't have any money, so I managed to, you know, get a couple of bucks put together, which was just enough to 
uh, to get completely sloshed, which is what you do. I mean, when you've got 2 million people there, something like that, one and a half to 2 million people in this area, um, it's really quite something. So it was a wild, wild party. And um, we slept in a car. Um, oh, gosh, I, I don't remember how many days we were there. It seems to me that we finally left um, on Fat Tuesday itself. So we were there for like days and we, I never, it was like there was a car, uh, you slept in the car um, and you went and ate whatever you could. I remember one, one friend said, here, let's go to the Camellia Grill and we, we had to wait a while. If you've never been to the Camellia Grill, if it's still there, it's pretty amazing. It's uh, right out of the 20s. It's right out of a film noir, you know, it's really quite cool. So that first trip I don't remember awfully well I remember running into friends and seeing people I'd gone to school with and being really surprised about that really surprised and um (laughs) and you always do weird stuff you know when you get that drunk I called my fiance and I showed up my fiance yet just a girlfriend and you know you know that sort of thing just ridiculous Oh, my goodness. One thing I do remember quite well was walking into Jackson Square, which is there's a church there, and then there's a square, and you can see the Mississippi. And the Café du Monde is not far away with the wonderful coffee and beignets. And, um, of course, didn't have any money to buy those, but that's all right, you know. Uh, So there were like 200 tarot readers in this square, doing readings and they were just mobbed it was one of the most amazing things i've ever seen everyone was getting a reading you know and they had these little weights to put on the cards and that's where i saw for the first time well the only time i've seen him the world champion top spinner now he may not have been the world champion top spinner but he should have been if he wasn't he was from cuba originally and he did stuff with spinning tops i didn't know you could do And I've known some real good spinning top guys because I worked in the yo-yo, you know, field for many, many years as a yo-yo pro. And most of those guys can spin a top like nothing. Well, like something. Obviously, something is not nothing. But anyway, so they were really quite good. But I've never seen anything like this guy. And he's spinning tops on top of tops and then picking them up and throwing them up 30 feet in the air. And they came down, he caught one in each hand and, you know... I've, and I've known a lot of very interesting guys. I knew a, a wonderful uh, guy that um, I was quite privileged to call friend for a while when I was a young man. His name was Johnny Fox, and he was a sword swallower. And if you ever went to a Renaissance festival, you saw Johnny. That's just all there is to it because, well, that's not all there is to it. There's more to it than that, and he might not have been at the one you went to, but he did that for a long, long time. And um, he was a fascinating guy, one of the sweetest guys I've ever met in my life. And he did this great thing. But, and, and that was fascinating to me. Um, and he was a wonderful magician, but he liked, you know, to be different. And that was about as different as different can be. So, but this top guy was absolutely fantastic. I, like I said, I've never seen anything like it anyway. So that Mardi Gras, I just remember dragging home, driving back to Baton Rouge. I didn't drive. Uh, my friend Mike was driving and, and dragging myself into the house. I lived with my parents. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to be mean to millennials. I lived with my parents. So I was 23 years old. And then I moved right in with my wife because we got married. 
you know, so that's the way that goes. <laughs> I liked living with them. So, uh, because, you know, my mom was an amazing cook and, um, I had a room and a roof over my head and, you know, and my kid brothers whom, you know, we got at each other, but I did love them very much. Still do, by the way. So that year I got home and I just was a vegetable for the rest of the vacation. I understood why they gave us 14 days off. Now it wasn't always like that. It must've coincided with something, you know, um, but man, I needed every day. And when I got back to school, I was different. I got it. I mean, when 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 I had moved from Colorado to Louisiana, um, I had been home from California for a couple of years, maybe three. I don't know, something like that. And and when you get down there, it's like, oh my God, everything is so slow here, and everything and then you go to Mardi Gras and you come back you go no it's not slow it's perfect man it's it's exactly as it should be I had a deep appreciation for the mindset you know uh, which is very different than anything I'd ever experienced now years later I ended up going to Washington DC in the Virginia area and I went to a restaurant and I was still looking at the menu and a waitress came up, a server person, and she said, um, and she said something very quick to me. And I said, oh, I'm still looking at the menu. And she looked at me as if I had suddenly sprouted, you know, a, an Oscar out of my left ear. You know, now that could be an Oscar Madison, an Oscar Meyer Wiener, or an Academy Award. It's up to you. It's whatever you see. All right. And she turned around and walked away and did not come back for 20 minutes. And finally she said, are you ready now? It's like, Oh my God, (laughs) very different energy. And she wasn't really being too rude. Well, yes, she was. Who am I kidding? But you know, I annoyed because I wasn't ready. So pardon me. I learned that Jeff got to be ready. You've got to be ready. But down South, you know, it's just kind of, and I just kind of sit in the sun and drink a cup of coffee with friends, you know, and say, wow, so that's Mardi Gras, huh? And and so much of it is a blur. I mean, there's all these things. Now, the next year is the one I want to tell you about, 1977. So the next year was my favorite Mardi Gras of all time. I went in 78. It was a, what I call mean Mardi Gras. It wasn't as good. It was cold. Uh, it was just not great. So let me set the scene for you. Um, two friends of mine and I, we, we went down and, um, uh, we had one newbie with us and my one friend and I, we'd been before the year before. And, um, so we stopped, we, we, you know, respectively stopped in a place and made sure that we wouldn't get towed away. And then we went to the, the streetcar and took the streetcar all the way down. And as we were walking past Lee square, Lee Circle, rather. <laughs> what's what's a geometric shape between friends? Um, there were these two guys with those those stadium horns. What do they call them? Vovozellis or something, right? One guy was on a unicycle, and the other guy was just uh, like standing on a, a box of some sort, and they were blowing these stadium horns. And all I could think of was abandon hope all ye who pass through these gates or whatever it is from Dante's Inferno. And I could just think, oh my God, there's something really different here. Well, we had brought 
some 151 rum and a and a big jug of lemonade, like a gallon. And we poured out most of the lemonade and put the rum in there. And we immediately looked at each other and said, we need to start drinking right now. Because once you passed that, it was like going into a different warp, into a different time zone, or, or better yet, a different universe, a different sobriety zone for sure, because no one was sober. Now, when you go to Mardi Gras and, and you're surrounded by a couple of million really, really, really drunk people, the last thing you want to do is be sober. It's just not a good idea. It, it, it becomes very intimidating because everyone is just kind of out of their minds. They're just like, oh, and you, I go, oh, I don't, this is making me very uncomfortable. I believe I should have a drink. I feel better. I feel a lot better. As a matter of fact, everything makes sense to me now, you know. So, <laughs> It was really, really something, I have to say. And and here's the key. Um, I'll, I'll jump right. There were so many things that happened. Uh, it was a wild, that first night was absolutely insane. Um, you know, when you're, you're walking, it's masses of people. At least it used to be. If you wanted to cross the street, you couldn't. You had to go with the crowd and make your way across one person at a time, maybe three or four blocks later. It was just remarkable. You could buy a big glass, one of those big, big go-cups. Not the regular go-cups, not the beer punk, but big ones. 75 cents filled with MD 2020. Mad Dog is what we called it. And it was good. It was good. It was so sweet. 20% sugar and 20% alcohol by volume. So you're drinking this stuff that just your, your liver goes, no. No, nothing. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not metabolizing this. And you go, it's like narcotic of some sort. And I know you're thinking, God, this is so decadent. Yes. Yes, it's decadent. Very decadent. And you see things you don't expect to see. A lot of things you don't expect to see at Mardi Gras. A lot of things you just don't expect to see. And you do things you might not expect yourself to do. You know, and they throw beads. Now, these beads probably cost, you probably buy about six, seven hundred of them for a nickel, you know, from where they buy them. Uh, and doubloons, which are little, you know, they're just coins, aluminum coins that have been stamped. And and it's it's a remarkable thing, these doubloons and these beads, because you, and there's some that are like cooler than others, because um, they have a logo on it like Bacchus or, you know, endymion that sort of thing and so people will do anything for these beads and i mean really almost anything uh there's something that people yell when the floats go by they yell uh, hey mister throw me something and that supposedly is very very old you know the whole thing has a tale of pirates and throwing doubloons out to people that sort of thing i don't know if it's true but it's a cool story you know so and you see celebrities i saw um what's his face um, Ed McMahon, I think it was 78 the next year. It was really, I got to tell this story. So here's Ed McMahon standing out. I mean, he was in the parade. He was the Bacchus King and, and that's the parade. And later on, we happened to be in this area outside of this hotel. And here comes Ed McMahon out on the patio. 
and he's got a handful of beads and he's tossing them out to people like, oh, mere mortals, take this, take this. And girls are flashing their breasts at him and he's laughing and throwing them beads. So someone goes, hey, Ed, hey you know, what he used to do on the Carson show. And he just looked out and he shook his head, no, I'm not doing that. And someone else, I did. I went, hey And all these people started doing this, right? Because they wanted him to go, hey And he didn't want to do it. So finally, Ed goes, hey And the entire audience burst into laughter. I don't know why. It was so ridiculous that he just threw the rest of the beads in disgust and went, into his room along with his entourage it's like oh wow that's kind of weird but it was insulting i'm sure i don't know why we did it why do we do anything you know so 1977 saturday night in new orleans mardi gras saturday night live someone at saturday night live had the brainchild that they should perform the show live from new orleans now who thought of that? I mean, it was interesting. Randy Newman was at the Superdome playing music, and he's from New Orleans. So that kind of made sense. But why would you bring these people into this crowd of absolute chaotic insanity? I, but so we're we're going we're seeing all this equipment and bright lights and all that, and uh, we were one area, and they were filming a thing that we couldn't even get close to, not filming, but but uh, putting it on the air of John Belushi. And, and, and after the thing was over, he got pulled into the crowd and they couldn't find him for like almost half an hour. And when he got back, he said, Oh my God, that was horrifying. That was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. And I thought, well, yeah, because you're straight. <laughs> you know, you've got to pull out the MD 2020 or the 151 rum and lemonade. So you wander around. All you do is wander around and yell and laugh and and see things. I saw John Denver, I think, the first one I went to on a float. Um, Yeah, you just see people, and you you see them. They're there. They're famous. They're not famous, and you don't care either way, you know? Um, I I had a a gorgeous, gorgeous woman come up to me and say, uh, how would you like to, uh, you know, have some fun with me? And I said, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, you know, um, dumb 21, whatever I was. Um, I guess I was older than that, wouldn't I? <laughs> oh, God, I should have known better. 23, I think. But um, turned out that it was a man. Um, and I didn't care. And my friends came and got me and said, no, 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 you won't be doing that. Because there was a habit of people rolling people. And I said, well, I don't have any money. They said, well, still, you know, you got. it's not a good idea. You never know what could happen. And, um, and uh, as yes. I agree. But, you know, in that moment, you're so wild, anything is possible. That's like the old Bacchanals. You know, it's like the old panic mysteries where you just glug, 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 glug. And um, so Saturday Night Live. So we were on, I think it's St. Charles Street, Big Street. That's where the parade route is. And they had a, a setup for weekend update. They had a trailer or some sort of thing up there. And then they had a table with chairs and out came Jane Curtin and Buck Henry, Buck Henry first and Jane Curtin. Now these people were heroes. Well, not heroes. They were just kind of a big deal to us, you know, just especially Buck Henry, who was so irreverent and so, you know, kind of 
I thought very funny. And Jane Curtin, who I always liked, I always thought she was really good. Um, and they were going to do weekend updates. So we're yelling at them, hey, how are you doing? And they, they just, out of the corner of their eye, they acknowledge us, but they don't, they don't say anything. They don't smile. They don't wave. They just look horrified, absolutely terrified. And the reason for that is because after Belushi was found, they said to them, don't you dare engage the crowd. They're crazy. So here's Buck Henry and Jane Curtin with their backs to us because they were filming from the front. And we're in the background and we're becoming angry. Now, I was at the back of this crowd and I look up at this closer to the the, uh, the little place where they are up on a, on a stage and I see a sign that says, Hello, Fort Collins. Well, I was raised in Fort Collins, Fort Collins, Colorado. Great town to be raised in, you know. Um, and I look at that and I say, oh, wow. So I make my drunken way up to the person holding the, you know, uh, hello, Fort Collins. I say, hey, are you from Fort Collins? I say, no. I say, oh, um, what? He says, well, someone gave me this and told me to hold it. And then he gave it to me and said, now you hold it. So I'm holding this this sign that says, hello, Fort Collins. I figured, well, what the heck, I'm from there. And the crowd is getting really ugly. They're yelling at Jane to show us parts of her anatomy. Um, they're, they're getting, for, at least say hello, someone says, and it gets really, and they're doing their weekend update thing. And so I thought to myself, what's wrong with these people? Maybe they don't know we're here. Kind of is what I was thinking, kind of. And so I had one of these, well, I had a lot of beads around my neck. I took one of them off and I said to someone, hold this sign, would you? And I gave them the sign. I never took it back. And I threw those beads as hard as I could. Now, I'm not proud of that. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I wasn't, I was just trying to say, hey, can you see us? We're, there's, there's about 500,000 people right in back of you. Come on, don't you want to look, get a feel for who we are? But no, they didn't do that. So I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, and and I hear this, whoa. And someone yells, who threw those? And I, of course, did not say anything. I didn't know exactly what had occurred. I kind of saw what happened. They hit Buck Henry in the head. <laughs> oh, 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 mea culpa. And, and I, I, some guy said, well, that's a good shot. Ooh, yeah, that's a really good. And I decided I needed to disappear because suddenly there were, um, there were people looking for whomever had done that. And, and so um, if you've ever watched, and I made my way back to the, where another big exam thing happened, but that's a different story. So I made my way back to the, to the back of the crowd where my friends still were. And my friends looked at me and just said, yeah, you're really stupid. And I thought, yeah, you know, I am. Because the one thing you don't want to do is tangle with the police at Mardi Gras. I've seen them do things that are superhuman, you know. You just, and they, they don't they don't goof around with drunk people. They just take care of them, you know. And, and, they're, and you're gone, you know. And you have to pay money to get out and stuff like that. Like your car gets towed. That's one thing, but, you know. So I, and so if you ever watch that show, Mardi Gras 1977 and you watch the weekend update thing and you see Buck Henry get hit in the head with the beads and you wonder who threw those it was me now you know the mystery has been solved we saw a rerun of it 
later in the season, we just all cracked up. When it happened, and I, I was like, man, I don't know what I was thinking. Now, here's the point. I wasn't the only one throwing things, to be quite honest. I just happened to hit. And I'm a terrible, you know, aimer when I throw. That's what you call a terrible aimer. I'm a, but, well, how are you at throwing? I'm a terrible aimer. I cannot aim well. But, man, it was a heck of a shot. And it knocked his hat off. Didn't knock his glasses off. I drew a picture for this thing. But it just it almost knocked his hat off. And I think I could just physically feel them tensing up like, oh, my God. And so that was that. I mean, it was just a cool night. It was I the next day. I don't think I've ever been that hungover in my life, ever, ever in my life. So we're at the back of this this big thing, and they're still doing the weekend update thing. And as soon as it's done, uh, this loudspeaker goes off. It says, "Clear the streets for the parade." Clear the streets for the parade. Okay, and I'm standing on the very end, and and I look down the street or up the street, depending on, I don't know what it was. And I see five policemen in riot gear walking toward me. They're about, I would say, oh, 30, 40 yards away. And every cell in my body clenched. (laughs) Because to my right are about seven and a half million people. Okay, a little hyperbole there. Easily hundreds of thousands of people in the street. And to my left are five riot-geared-up policemen with batons. Now, if you if you have my tarot deck, or you see the Five of Wands, Strife, as it's known classically, you will see those five cops coming your way. The, the, <laughs> from that moment, when I first spied them, to when they actually got to me, may have been one of the most tense periods in my entire life. I didn't know what to do. I kept trying to push. I said, I need to get out of the way. No one would move. And finally, this this uh, this group of policemen, one is right in front of me, and he says, move. And I said, I, there's nowhere to go. And he jabbed me in the belly with his baton. It didn't look like he, it wasn't like he was trying to take down an elephant or anything. He just jabbed me in the gut with it. And it was unbelievably painful. And more to the point, I moved. And as he walked by me, he said, see? <laughs> see? I love that, you know? And and sure enough, they just cleared that entire street, and then the parade started. 1977 Mardi Gras. Don't know what they were thinking. I know what I was thinking. Um. Anyway, if you've never been... Check into it. I I think it's got to be. I've seen pictures, friends of mine down there, and I've seen some pictures. And it looks like it's probably saner. Um, It looks like it's more family friendly. Uh, If you can afford to stay in a hotel, you, you, you probably could. I don't know if they have the same type of energy or not. Certainly, the French Quarter has had to have changed. I, I know friends who've been down there said, yeah, it's not the same. It's still pretty cool, but it's not the same. And food, I was never rich enough to eat down there. Uh, I had a, a friend lay a nice meal on me once at uh, a Court of Three Sisters, I think it was called. Um, yeah. And I had a stuffed Merliton, which is, look it up. It's kind of interesting. We know them as Chamoyas now. Um, it was really good. And oh, po' boys, if you ever get down there and you like oyster po' boys, which is, you know, a sandwich, 
um, get a get a blue boy, and I think you'll really enjoy it. What that is is a is an oyster po' boy with um, blue cheese dressing on it. Oh, hubba hubba! Oh, I should tell you about the hubba hubba bar. I was thinking it was down. Boy, it was down in the was it Gonzales? No, down in the Cajun area. Uh, we were going fishing. A group of people in the astronomy department. Uh, I I got lucked out and got to go to do some fishing down on the uh, uh, in the delta, and uh, we we stopped for bait, and went to a place went into a place called the Hubba Hubba Bar. Walked in, and like a movie. Like Easy Rider, you could hear a pin drop. Everyone looking at us. And someone said something in Cajun, and everyone laughed. And I just thought, no, 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 just, just mind your own business. We all had to use the bathroom. We all had to, you know, we bought some stuff to eat. Um, you know, probably more than we'd anticipated because we didn't want to be savaged. Um, but they did not like us. I think that is obvious. And they treated us very coldly um, when we bought the stuff. And then when we left, uh, that we heard this uproarious laughter. And I realized they, they'd, had a, they'd had a bit of a joke at our expense. They'd had a bit of a giggle. <laughs> they'd scared us. Now, on the wall of this place, and nothing bad about it. It's just kind of a different place. On the wall, they had this gigantic carving um, it was like a like a, just a big picture, but it was all carved out of hardwood, I'm guessing, and painted. And it was of, of Douglas MacArthur. And it, it said, in you know, above it, General Douglas MacArthur, the man of the century. And this guy I was with was about to say something. I said, don't open your mouth, man. Just don't. <laughs> it's not a good idea. That was actually kind of a nice day. Um I may have been the token hippie, you know, who knows, uh, who knows, but it was fun. And I was with these, uh, um, professors and TAs They were that my friends were the TAs, uh, but it was kind of cool. That Southern part of Louisiana, I went to Grand Isle once and, uh, bought some, you know, crab traps and so on, and was going to do some crab fishing. And, and someone said, no, no, you don't need that. Just take this net and literally Every time you put the net in and scooped it up, you'd bring up crabs, five at a time. Unbelievable. I took home 60 crabs, you know, and some food crabs as well. Kidding, kidding. That's not even really funny, stupid. Oh, my. Well, that's enough of that, isn't it? I think so. All right. I brought this up because Mardi Gras was just the other day. And, and uh, you know, we don't do much here, but down there it's really kind of a big deal. My brother's a, a chef. He still makes king cakes. My my brother was the executive chef at the Bourbon Orleans Hotel right across the street from um, Madame Laveau's voodoo shop, you know, which is kind of cool. Yeah. He's in Texas now, so it's it's a little different, but he still does the king cake. If you don't know, right, one more thing. If you don't know what a king cake is, you have a party, a party, and you uh, cut the this cake up and you eat the cake, and it's always like purple and green frosting, so it stains you forever. And whoever gets the baby inside of the cake has to has to give the party the next year. It's a little plastic baby. 
And there's something kind of weird about that, you know. Oh, you got the baby. You have to have the party next year. It's like, oh, anyway, <laughs> enough of that. I, it was kind of a wonderful time. Um, Like anywhere else, it, it, I mean, if, if you've not been, you should go, I think. It's well worth seeing. The culture is as thick as the accents. It's, it's lovely. The people can be, I met some of the sweetest, nicest people I've ever met in my life down there. I also experienced some things that I didn't like. I think, you know, I won't belabor that because this is about Mardi Gras and that big party. So I, I wish you all um, a great season, whatever that means, right? And, um, you know, a good time. <laughs> I wax philosophic and I just get like, <laughs> all right, good enough. Until next time, I wish you all peace and love. Bye-bye. Oh, yes. Laissez les bons temps rouler. Let the good times roll.